Like, it's just like every couple of years I get really frustrated and then I do some ridiculous, like, huge ensemble thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something that, like... You know. Right. I, I mean, like, the shows do well, it's just the expense outstrips right. so it the income. Right. <laughs> That's the beauty of the solo thing. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of, like... Oh, yeah, it's all income. You can procrastinate. <laughs> yeah. You, you, the money's all good or bad. It's all your problem. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to decide if you need how much you pay your artists. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever I can. Yeah, a lot of people ask me why I... Or they, 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 why I do all the solo work? And a lot of it's just money. Like, if money was no right. object, I would be producing a lot more ensemble mm-hmm. shows than I get to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's, those are more challenging, too. No. Other people. Well, well, let me ask I you some I questions. Hate, I hate whatever this. I'm doing at any given moment. <laughs> I just wish I was doing the other You are a writer. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> Just that's why I try to have multiple projects going. No, I just, so then when I'm avoiding something, <laughs> at least I'm doing something else. I just, yeah, I just did an ensemble show in March, and I think then you know, like first time I'd done one in years, I was so excited. By the end of it, was like, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to getting back to just doing this myself. <laughs> and then when you're with yourself too long, you're like, I gotta oh, get some God. other people here. <laughs> too much I need some this. accountability. I, I'm not responsible enough for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, well, let me set the table. <laughs> Metaphorically, <laughs> we are at a table. You're Philip Andrew Bennett Wells. Yes. Uh, Pavel. Yes. Uh, is for short. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if there's any way shorter to get at it than that. You're a writer. Like, mm. I feel like that. that's a broad... Yeah. Broad brush, but like that, I think suits you. So you, no, that's the label I'd take if I have to take one. <laughs> like, you, know. yeah, you don't like labels, <laughs> which is how I'll label you. Oh yeah, he's that guy who doesn't like labels. <laughs> is, is that the meanest thing to say about someone? <laughs> so, but you are you are a storyteller. You yeah, know, you do solo storytelling. You write for the stage, and that way yeah. you also write theatrical pieces. Oh, yeah. um, you write for the page. I am. Um, you, so you'll write stories, both fictional and non-fictional. Right. Yeah. In some middle space as well. <laughs> it's unclear. <laughs> Are there other buckets of buckets of art that, uh, what up? I mean, does that cover the bulk of your the, 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 Do you think of yourself as an actor? Or is it always stuff you're I, on, Honestly, I, I think of myself primarily as a writer. I do a lot of acting because I perform Who my else own... will say your words? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, yeah, I perform a lot of my own stuff and then... Uh, you, I mean, you know, you do it long enough, and then you start getting invited to say other people's right. words. Yeah, and you then, seem competent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the casting process. <laughs> competent. I like. I, I feel like that. So much of my career has been uh, not that I'm the best actor, but that I will show up on time yeah, yeah. and oh, I will man. memorize my lines and I will not bitch. During but you rehearsal. know, as a <laughs> you know, as a producer of work, like, yeah. that's everything. Oh yeah, there totally. are plenty of talented people. <laughs> You got to be really good to justify being an a hole or like yeah. bailing last minute, right? Or, right? Right? You know, like <laughs> just not burning bridges is huge. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like I've built my career on a minimum level of competence. Yeah. Did you <laughs> did you get like attendance awards in school? Oh God, no, no, no. no. <laughs> no I, I started skipping halfway yeah. through. Was... What were you going to? Do you going to do anything? There was an arcade a few oh, blocks away. That's so. not your fault then. No, my, my first time my first time I skipped school, uh, I was like, oh, my folks are picking me up from school, so we got to sneak back into school so I can get picked up. And uh, uh, my mother got me my first time I skipped school, nice. so that is 
the story of my life. Is that better or worse than the school catching you? No, it was... Well, the thing is because my mom was, like, trying to be mad, Mm. but she was also laughing at how, like, pathetic this was. Great. Great. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's a bunch of different ways we could get at some of your work. (laughs) Well, I mean, you do... You've done some work that's, like, super personal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And while... You have a lot of humor throughout your work. No, no. There's not always a lot of like lift out jokes. So I'm curious how yeah. you think about that when you're when you're working on something. No, will, no. You, will you write out a story and punch it up, or will you like? Do you see something and go, "This needs to be a little lighter," <laughs> or do you think of like what comes first? Right. No, I mean, uh, what's your uh, chicken and what's your? Egg? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like the, in all respects, the the great thing and the terrible thing about my whole career has been genre hopping. Yeah. A lot that I'll, like, I'll do a wacky slapstick comedy, and then I'll do a brooding verse tragedy, and then I'll do a musical, and I'll do a personal story, you know? Like yeah. The, but it, it makes building or sustaining an audience really hard. Right, because you're just literally doing what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Audiences hate that. No, I was... Yeah, I was thinking that because, again, I was listening to some of your other interviews and I, I listened to the one with Ben and he was talking about how, oh, he just gets completely burned out every two years and quits comedy. Yeah. And it's the, and it's the, I don't, I feel like I don't do that because I keep switching hmm. what I'm doing so quickly. I, you're staying ahead of the burnout. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying ahead of my own boredom, I think, is the, because that's what matters is whether I'm entertained. Well, I, I think you're, you're, you're joking, but isn't that really, I mean, if you're not into it, what yeah. are the chances someone else is going to be? <laughs> well, it's, it's a, the, the best analogy I heard for it was um, it was one of these weird like open artist conference things mm-hmm. that uh, that it was, it was just really like pretentious and awful. But uh, do you do you, do you need to get that? Is no, that... no. <laughs> very important. I, I want I want the podcast to know that Levi's cell phone just went off during the interview. I thought I shut it off. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. Uh, yeah, it was one of those. Uh, I just remember there was one guy, a uh, poet, I think, who just made, like, to me, it was the perfect analogy where he said uh, uh, that uh, performing, it's like it's like making love to a woman. You know, where like you can do it in a way where you're just doing what you want, or you can do it in a way where you're just doing what they want. But everyone's going to be a lot more happy if you do a few things you like and a few things they like, mm. and so everyone's having a good time. But people that, like, like both that when they're shorter, right? That's that's accurate. Just the, get it over with as quick as possible. Oh yeah, theater and, <laughs> and love making. <laughs> the yeah yeah so so. Yeah, I don't know. I've completely lost track. I, th- I think you've asked me like three questions and I immediately sidestepped. No, no. other <laughs> subjects. <laughs> well, I, I, well, I was curious about the... You you do like stylistic and platform no, yeah. changes all the time. Do you think of a thing that you want to write and then figure out where it goes? Or do you go, <laughs> I need to write a, a, this kind of thing. What idea fits there? You know, like... I mean, I, it's... I've... I think when I was first starting, I was way more like... I wrote way fewer drafts when I was just first starting because I'd write a draft very, very slowly Mm. where I'd say, like, this line has to be perfect and I can't move on till this line is perfect and this scene has to be perfect. You know, like... So I'd end up with these very meticulous drafts that took me, like, three years to write. Because you were editing while you wrote. Right. And now I'm much looser with... uh, I sort of know where this is going. I'm going to write a bunch of stuff and then I'm going to... Pick. So, so typically, I mean, I'll usually start with a general, 
a general sort of collection of themes, ideas, funny lines, something, you know, I'll sketch them all together, then I'll try to build, like, a structure to hang them on, Mm -hmm. and then uh, I'll end up, my first draft is is consistently uh, about three times too long. Like if I'm like if I'm writing a ten minute story, it's a half hour. If I'm writing an hour long friend show, my first draft is three hours long. Like it's, <laughs> but you know, I need I need to get everything down. Well, and before it's, I can it's way out. easier to cut. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna end up being stronger than oh, I gotta add ten minutes. Like that's never. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I know. I typically I don't know what the show is about until i'm pretty far along in the it's it's i mean it's the i've made this kind of it's the opposite of academic right where academic writing is you start with the thesis sentence and then you build your outline mm-hmm. and explain how the thesis whereas like the thesis if i'm lucky i'll the thesis sentence comes towards the very end <laughs> like it's it's just become a lot more relaxed and a lot more instinctive for well, me I'm than curious it was 10 years ago i <laughs> i just uh had there's been a bunch of weird life things happening and i noticed i said that's my cryptic I, no, just, no one cares it's not even, not even hiding it but but i was i was just i noticed i said to myself the other day i don't really know how i feel about this i should probably write it write it write about yeah. it like for me that's uh i think the same thing of like i i can't really figure out yeah. my position until i like write yeah. out something and see and that's how i'll discover where I stand or what I think about something is that kind of what is happening? Well, I mean, I mean, writing stuff has changed my mind on issues as I like work through it and deal with characters and viewpoints mm-hmm. and the, the the more than like participating in or watching like actual debates ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, the flip side of that is I remain dubious of the whole artist therapy thing, and I've I've attempted it a couple of times. The, the, I mean, I mean, I just, like I did a show recently that that frankly, the main reason I did it was as a response to personal tragedy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the process, I was like, "Yep, didn't help." <laughs> like, what a waste! <laughs> I mean, I think it was still a good show, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, but it like. You know, I still tried to make something that other people would enjoy. Right. But the, well, that was a problem. Yeah. yeah. If you just, <laughs> you just laser focused on yourself, maybe you would have had a breakthrough. So you have you have a couple of these sort of I think labels that you've like you've given yourself the libertarian label. Yeah. Right? And then, uh, <coughs> despite you, everyone else's best efforts, right? Everyone's like, Philip, you're complex. And that makes us force you into a corner. Um, and then you've also talked about your uh, Chineseness. Is that might be the right word? But like that heritage piece, um, and both of those can be heavy and muddy and loaded. And it feels like you are—you seem comfortable getting serious with them, but then also playing at the same time, right? Which is there's a danger that there, I guess, in, oh, yeah. in um, either being viewed as not taking something seriously. Or making the audience have to go like, is he messing with us right now? Yeah, like, I, I, do you I, like that space? I, I definitely do my best to not think too closely. <laughs> well, like, I well, mean, then let's unpack it. No, no it really no. get you in your head. <laughs> no, but I mean, like talking about it now. But I mean, like when writing, I yeah. think it's perilous to be thinking that analytically oh, about. Am I like, joking? But <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's trying to find us like relaxed and natural a voice as possible without obsessing over 
how is this demographic going to respond? Right, right, right. <laughs> like, well, I, I mean, it's a valuable conversation. I'm happy to have it. I'm, I'm indicating that that's not like the headspace I'm in. Yeah, I don't develop any material. Yeah, the, I don't know how much you can think about audience when you're actually writing something. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's a lot of is this entertaining to me? <laughs> Would I hate this? Yeah. I think that's the do you, do you, do you biggest factor. Talk when you write. Did nonstop. That's just. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do. I mean, I do a lot of reading aloud. Yeah, yeah. It, it does yeah, depend on what too. the piece is for. But I, th- I mean, maybe it's because we also perform on stage. Right. But <laughs> to me, that's the best way to figure out if something actually makes sense. Like if <laughs> a sentence holds up, you know, is to say it out loud. Well, and I'm so mystified by the the. I mean, I've talked with playwrights who come from it at it from the completely different. Point of view, like I've talked to playwrights who say, "Oh, I don't really like actors," or do they? Which is just you know, fair. I I mean, that. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm an actor and I don't like actors. <laughs> but right, the, but it's also like at some point, isn't that? I mean, going into writing for the theater without having any background in the theater, isn't you know, isn't that sort it's of like dumb. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I mean, I at least at the bare minimum, I know what it's like to stand up in front of a room full of strangers and say words to them. Yeah, uh, and I feel like you have to know that. Yeah, you should have that experience. That's interesting. I mean, that's that's one thing I do. Like, every time I write a script, I'll pick each individual character, and then I'll do a read-through as that character mm. to make sure, okay, is this voice consistent? Does this mm. make, Do they have enough to say? Am I marginalizing someone? Like, you know, that kind of thing. Because that's what actors care about. <laughs> How many lines do I have? Is it, is it equal? Yeah, well, that I mean, that's a... That's an interesting consideration because you've written and done so much solo work where you don't... I mean, you probably do have to think about it if you have multiple voices in a solo piece because I know you've done some of that too, right? Where you're you're sharing this point of view and then that point of view. And I mean, there's, there's... There's like 10 million different kinds of solo shows, too. There's like storytelling shows where you've got a single voice. There's monologues where you're a character. For mm-hmm. the whole- There's the things where you jump out and do the character switching thing where you're playing. I mean, those are all solo, but they're all like, they're really different in how you structure and play them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have, uh, did you have training in that? Did you take theater classes? Yeah, yeah. I, I, my main background is in mime. That, uh, uh I was, uh, I, I, uh, attended, uh, uh, theater in school in Rochester for several years that had a strong mime program. I eventually ended up running it and directing their mime troupe. And mm-hmm. I, I had a, <clears throat> I had a year long apprenticeship under a Marceau trained mime. How does that, how does that, so that, that's a heavy physical Oh background. yeah, totally. And, <laughs> and, and yet you're like, you have a lot of stuff where you are standing completely <laughs> static talking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, you use your hands, yeah, yeah. but uh, <laughs> the the irony's not lost on me. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, you have a toolkit, and then you're like, I should probably leave that in the car. You know, like, um, is that a is there a constant decision for you there about whether to incorporate? Yeah, again, it's that kind of the. the, I I feel like my answer to all your questions are it's a good question. I try not to think about it. Yeah, it's great, (laughs) really helpful. Because I because I feel, but I feel like I've seen. I've actually seen more than one show, like, of people who come from a... I've seen more than one show, like, mimes doing their first storytelling show, mm-hmm. where they feel like, oh, I've got to slather all this physical business mm-hmm. into it so I can show everyone what I can do, because that's what makes me special, and it ends up becoming this weirdly dissonant... Right. Like, you oh. know, it, I mean, it's there, and I use it whenever it's appropriate, which mm-hmm. is often, but I try not to sit down and think... 
Well, I can do a really nice pratfall. How can I work a pratfall into this monologue? <laughs> it should be the button on every one of your pieces. <laughs> Instead of a bow. <laughs> or a thank you. Quomp. <laughs> I like the phrase, slather on this physical business. That's, that's what you said that you should be using somewhere. I just, I, I want that sound bite. That it really paints an image. This needs to become some auto-tune. Oh, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great idea. A three-minute dance track of disembodied phrases. <laughs> that's a very different practice than a lot of writing work. You know, yeah. like... When you're doing that kind of study and that kind of work, you are using your body so much. Um, and writing is like sitting and living in your head. No. Like, it's just... You, you know, it's in, I feel like it's similar in a lot of ways. Like, I think that's one of the reasons... Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you get crap for that. Or like, we all do is the... Well, why do you put yourself in your own plays? <laughs> like, no one's ever asked. Like, <laughs> obvious choice. <Don't> <laughs> Pat me, they carry me out on my on their shoulders oh, every time. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like for me, a lot of that comes from the mind background of the, well, you're expected to create material and develop material and present material. So it seems like a logical, organic yeah. process to me. Like, why would I hand off my responsibility to someone else while I'm still working on this? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, <laughs> the... Especially the theater work that I make, it is highly collaborative. So, mm. you know, I, you know, Joshua, my primary writing partner, right, right. will write a script, but it's not done when we get into a rehearsals. We don't want the script to be done and locked. Like mm. we, that's when a lot of the discovery happens. And it's way better if we're in the show because we can be a part of it in that way too, rather than just like, hey, right. try this or walk over there, you know, yeah. like. I can just do it. Like it, it just informs the work in a different way. It's, it's the difference between being a, a general who sits in his tent <laughs> giving orders and charging into battle. It's true, with the troops. The... But then, shouldn't the general be in the down there? Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't that? Is, was that ever the norm? You know, it, yeah, military no, it was. History. Yeah, yeah, like early Middle Ages, that was standard. Was mm -hmm. uh, ruler would also be military. That began to shift out towards the end of the Middle Ages. Interesting trivia on your comedy podcast. <laughs> no, but I mean, you you have. Do you always do research for a thing you're writing? No, oh, I mean, yeah. and and that's like, is it part of why you write? Just you have a reason <laughs> to research. I, I feel like writing's a way of justifying. Research, Your weird interests. Like, no, no, really it's for a show. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it totally. Yeah, and a lot of I, I hear writers talk about, uh, um, you know, like oh, research, like it's a chore they have to do to write. It's it's the primary unmixed pleasure is getting to go out and read a bunch of books and uh -huh. like that's the fun part. Like everything else is work. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I I have this list on my. You, I'm sure you have tiny notebooks with lists of oh, yeah. ideas or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I have this list of projects that I want to work more on, and it says rubber chicken history, <laughs> history of physical comedy, and then physical comedy training through history. But that is, sure, I want to write something about that stuff, no. but it's only so that I can explain why I want to spend a ton of hours. <laughs> like, I would like to travel places to go look up documents about yeah. some like 
I'm trying to figure out the history of the rubber chicken, and when I find out it's muddy and people don't really know, yeah. and then I'm like, well, I want to go to the Library of Congress and like, <laughs> find some shit out. <laughs> but then I'm like, well, I should probably write a book or something, otherwise <laughs> that's just weird. Yeah. Like, you know, like that, That's a strange justification thing. Yeah. Do you remember deciding to write, wanting to write? Like, were you young and writing stories? I, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys where I I didn't have the Gen X identity crisis that I feel like some <laughs> of the, the you can do anything you want and that's hopelessly paralyzing so mm. I won't, I'll do everything and nothing but like I mean I, I knew I wanted to be a writer very I, w- I was a bibliophile as a kid I loved reading I wrote a lot I knew it's what I wanted like the the form that's taken has changed a lot and will probably continue to change a lot but I I've always known like yeah writing's awesome <laughs> did you have a picture in your head when you were young of this is what a writer is oh totally yeah <laughs> not even slightly accurate <laughs> Yeah. The, the the whole romance of the starving artist is awesome when you're a teenager in a middle class family. Right, 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 right. But now you're living it. Uh, yeah, well, I I think my my teen picture of like I both thought writer would be awesome and also it like scared me because no. I think I thought of like Hemingway, which is like <laughs> lonely, drunk, self destruct, gonna kill like, himself, yeah, yeah. and that was like. Yeah, I could relate to that, but I don't know if I want to highlight those parts myself. <laughs> and, and I, I assume, like, I, I fully expected I would be dead by thirty as yeah. a teenager. Yeah. So you <laughs> so failed like, in some ways. I have been. Well, but it's meant some very hard because uh, it's one of those childhood things that's been in my head, and I had this whole crisis about turning thirty of like, oh god, thirty, thirty, so <laughs> you know, like, and then then. 30 hit and nothing happened and I had to like readjust this whole subconscious process yeah 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 I feel head. grown up all of a sudden <laughs> well actually the best th- I mean 30 was my 30s have been awesome hmm. so far that the uh, when it's also because I think the big thing that flipped over in my head was for the first time in my life uh, I felt competent Oh, you know, like, what's like, that like? <laughs> well, but but not like not like everything I do is great. Or right. Not like I don't have a ton to learn because I do, and not like I, you know, I, I mean, all that stuff is still true. But I also just finally hit this place of oh, you know what? I know that when I walk on stage, I can deliver at least a bare minimum level of experience and competence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to an audience and i never felt that way my, i had the whole feeling like a complete fraud through my old 20s that, uh, well, so that i don't know if you like this question or not <laughs> i hate it already right. <laughs> let's move fast at this uh, i've had a little bit more of that mm-hmm. of like okay I, i'll be fine you know yeah. like than ever before like, it just comes with you know do a couple decades of whatever nonsense it is we're doing <laughs> But part of me is like, oh, is that, will that make me lazier? Right. That yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. prove you're not a fraud thing can really make you hustle. Yeah. And once you're like, oh, I, you know, I can figure it out, can also lead to you being <laughs> like, hey guys, this is good enough for, you know. Like, <laughs> well, no, I, I feel like I've still got plenty of motivating factor, you know, the, I'm still not successful by any reasonable measure of like you know i i still make i still do bad sets i Mm. still like you know i present stuff you know there's still 
a lot that I do that makes me cringe and embarrassment. Would you list all that right now? Absolutely. I, well, I want this on the auto tune. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it has made me. Um, I, I don't feel like confidence has made me lazier creatively. I feel yeah. like it's, if anything, it's encouraged me to. It's encouraged me to push, not stop right. me from pushing. Is some of that because you can see, oh, the growth happens, so yeah. that means I can also still get better if yeah. I clearly got better. Well, and also knowing if I slip and fall off the tightrope, I won't break my neck and die. Like, right. I can still get back on and do it again. Well, like, you're a trained mind, so <laughs> yeah, you should know how to handle that You slip. would be surprised at how little that helps. <laughs> <laughs> With the tightrope slips? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is this analogy is becoming incredibly strange. Oh, it's falling apart. Because they don't really do tightrope stuff. That's a whole... That's no, no, arts. no. I mean, those times they've... Those times they've tried to make mimes uh, walk tightropes. Have... Well, because that box, <laughs> that invisible box, yeah, it yeah. just tips right off that tightrope. <laughs> like, it just... Despite it's not safe in there and it doesn't really deaden the impact or, when or apply to real world physics in any any way well so i think like, there's a bunch of cambridge physicists who are really know. making breakthroughs on the invisible box <laughs> and how it could oh boy would you like to make up some fake science with me i think this is a new project we, <laughs> this is a fringe show we, it so. is <laughs> a very <laughs> unsuccessful fringe show <laughs> it's called i'm sorry you came <laughs> History of the rubber chicken. Every with ten the physics minutes of the mind box. We start explaining our nonsense, and every ten minutes we just apologize. Sorry again that you're here. Uh, but moving on, and you just keep going. Well, you've done a bunch of touring. Yeah, like you've done you've done fringe circuits. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing I would imagine that affords you, like, I don't know, that's like a a quasi version of being like a touring stand up yeah. where you're taking a solo show and you're bringing it to other cities. Yeah, that, that's totally the this is a one thing I've been whining about for years is the fact that like uh stand ups have a circuit that they can develop material on mm-hmm. and slam poets they have the national competition uh, that they can work their way up through and storytellers uh if you want to develop your material you kind of have to hammer out your own yeah, circuit find coffee it. shops I mean, you know, in local cities. There, there isn't some national. No, no one says, "Hey, honey, grab the kids. We're gonna go see a storytelling show." Do you think they really say that about slam poetry? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it has an audience. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's not, "Hey, honey, grab the kids." I know. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I know what you're saying. Like, though, though I wonder that with a lot of those like uh, uh, TV talent shows mm-hmm. and stuff, where they where people come out, and I'm like, what is the venue for these people other than this? Right? So, like, Were they just in basements before yeah, America's Got Talent or yeah. whatever started? I mean, like, I don't know. They're just such, a lot of times the acts are just such a weirdly specific mm-hmm. specialty acts. Well, they're fringe acts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, are there little variety shows happening all over the country? No, that people are barely aware of. No, I think there must be. Like, there that kind of weird stuff is happening in the Twin Cities. Oh, there. Are. I've been trying to do that more because typically I do the fringe circuit, but I've also been trying to do more of, like, uh, if I pass through a major city on my tour, I'll call up a few venues and say, "Look, I'm going to be in town. Do you have an off night? Could I do? You know, I've been trying to do more of that. How often does that? turn into an actual performance oh but you can always turn it into a performance i mean yeah like you get green lights from venues and stuff. oh yeah it's just usually there there's like two people in the audience <laughs> that's the, like, 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the question is whether or not you can get press. If you're a complete out-of-towner with no festival, and uh, if you can get press, you can get something. If you can't, you hope you have friends. <laughs> and the, the other nice thing about touring, when you've been touring as long as I have, is you have friends in most major cities because there's enough people that do the circuit mm. and enough people that it's like, oh, I remember this guy I did a festival with him three years ago. I could give him a call and he could probably like offer me some advice. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well that relationship building <laughs> yeah. is important even in your home city, you know. Yeah. That, you know, you have those networks that maybe you're not always calculatedly building, you know, like this person will help me in three years, so I have to make <laughs> sure and be kind to them. Do you find yourself tailoring or addressing something if if it if it is for the road? You know, if you have a solo show and you're taking it places does that alter the actual content for you? Absolutely not. <laughs> that is a fantastic question, and no. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I always think in terms of creating a really strong, entertaining, interesting right, and show. Thinking but thinking like, oh, how is this show going to play in Kansas City is not... Uh, you know, throwing some local references in your I, I libertarian have, rage piece. I, I have in the past, actually. Yeah. <laughs> No, actually, I remember I made I I did a very foolish. Uh, this was my last year in Kansas City. That uh-huh. uh, it was I I was on stage. What was I can't remember. Um, I was just having one of those really reticent sort of hostile audiences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, the, and I, I told some joke as part of my set, and then there was no response. And like without thinking, I just blurted into the microphone. No, yeah, that's why I love coming to Kansas City. <laughs> it's good when you lash out. That's the best. <laughs> I, it just slipped out. Did it wake him up, though? Like, that sometimes can turn him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, well, those who were paying attention to what I was right. saying. Exactly. And who cares about the rest? Uh, well, you have a book. I do have a book. Uh, uh, and uh, is it at your first book? It is my first, like first book. published like, book. I um, what is it? Indecision Now? Indecision Now, A Libertarian Rage. And is that... Is it a collection of stories? Basically, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a collection It's a collection of stories and essays and jokes and poems and just like a wide variety of stuff that I've thrown in so front my... of audiences for the past decade. <laughs> <laughs> just thrown it in front of them. So my two, two sort of jumping off questions in the book area is like, what compelled you to do that? Like, did you just want to have a book? Because I, I, have, I have something where I'm like, I have ideas for books, but also, like, that feels like a way to become an official writer. You know, to have, like, a, a book, you know what I mean? And then, how was, how was it different than other things that you put together? Like, how did it, did it change the way you were looking at it? Well, let me be clear, that self-publishing a book, I mean, that's like, it's like forming a garage band and calling yourself a professional musician, where technically it is true, but not a lot of other people are going to take we, it seriously. We wrote songs. <laughs> But how many people are going to know, you know, where that book was, you know, you just, I have a, you have a book and you can hold up a book. Yeah. I don't know how many people are going to interrogate you like, well, who's your publisher? I mean, probably, <laughs> probably some, but. It depends. I, I just did the AWP conference last year, which yeah. is all the stink book of MFA. Yeah. It's very academic. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like coming from uh, a show business performing arts background is, uh, actually buys you negative cred it costs you cred that's so sad <laughs> but how do you i mean to me i think i uh 
I look a little down on some of the. I don't know, there's a, a thing, like, when you're in college and you're studying literature, and you're yeah. like, you know, you take the short story writing class, yeah. and you try to write in that literary style, yeah. and it's, you know, interesting, and then you go and you make other work, and now I have this thing where I'm like, the writing I like to read yeah. is mostly not that, so why... Well, and I feel like a lot of, uh, I mean, that earlier comment I made that, like... I think academic and creative writing are not only incredibly different, they're almost opposites. Mm. In that academic writing is all about making structure visible. Right, right. You know, it's all about, in this paragraph, I will demonstrate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas creative writing is all about making structure invisible. Mm-hmm. It's all about looking spontaneous. It's, it's like, magic. Yeah. Yeah. The structure's there, but you don't point at it as you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, why is there so much pointing in academia? <laughs> Because academics, you have to show your work constantly. <laughs> because academics are really concerned that the audience is very stupid. <laughs> is that that is true, right? It like, is true. Yeah. <laughs> if you make popular culture books mm. or something for audiences, I think the best thing is to assume their intelligence. Yeah. And people will be glad for it. I am. But in academia, you're right. It is constant condescension, <laughs> just ex- over-explaining. So why is that held up? And then, I mean, you, I I know you just as a person, like, you like a lot of, well, it is sort of, it's subgenre-y, but you like, you like pop culture stuff. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, I mean, now nerd is cool, so there's less of a... And and let me, I, I don't mean to entirely condemn... No, in that, like, I've I've read a fair amount of it, and some of it has actually been illuminating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, no, I, there's I, a lot of great... I think it's more what I... I don't know, you've suddenly got me excited, is <laughs> is it's an observation about sort of a temperament of, yeah. of person yeah. more even than... There's plenty of, like, great academic stuff that are like... Yeah. I mean, I... Seriously, I just found that international humor research society <laughs> website know. and it's full of journal articles and i'm reading them and i'm like i love this <laughs> but but i don't know if i love that attitude yeah. but but do you ever level. find this weird because that cuts both ways too because there's this sort of i mean there's definitely anti-intellectualism on the other side that's what i'm arguing yeah for, yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> no, like, no, no. yeah i'm more on the popular culture side than the academic side. I see value in both, but blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But the, do you ever find, uh, what was I saying, the, those humor articles, um, like there's a reticence on the part of people in show business, and this cuts to the core of what you're doing, Levi this How dare you cut to my core. Kind of, there, there's, there's this reticence about... Uh, deconstructing what we do too much like the the analogy i've used is the it's like the the centipede when you ask the centipede how do you walk with all those legs and he stops to think about it and falls over mm. and i feel like that's or this, the dead frog thing yeah yeah, yeah. right the eby yeah yeah the, if you dissect it it's yeah it's dead but the the comedians have this terror of talking too deeply about the, the well i mean <laughs> Let's go back to the first 20 minutes of this conversation where I, I, I asked you questions and you were like, I try not to think about 
my defensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing it. You're yeah. totally right. That's exactly what I was doing. Because that's yeah. what that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to fuck up the mechanics if you're aware of them. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Not only are you tricking the audience by not letting them see the work, you don't really want to look at the work either. <laughs> it's, it's like explaining a trick if you're a magician. It's, it's not exciting uh, anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the whole we, problem. We want it to be magical and mystical. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, so I... I I also love magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be one of my nerddoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I read books about magic, <laughs> and so I often know how a trick is done. If we see, if mm-hmm. we stumble upon live magic out in the world, that's yeah. that happens more than you'd expect. <laughs> so if I'm with like my daughter or like a niece or a nephew or something, often they'll go like, "What's he or she doing?" And I usually know the answer, and I usually say, "You don't really want to know. Like, right. it'll ruin the trick." My other answer is always exactly what you think they're doing, because it's usually like they're pointing over here and then hiding a thing over here. Like, (laughs) it's not actually that complicated. (laughs) Any writing, entertainment, it is like we're just all easily manipulated. Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, everyone's a bunch of suckers. Which we are. That's the basis of both magic and comedy. (laughs) Well, no, I think what I'm what I would argue is it's it's very simple things. That a few of us are willing to spend what most people would think is an inordinate amount of time on yeah, to make yeah. it work, to make yeah. it good. Where most of it is like, you could do this too, you just have realized there are other things that you <laughs> time. We're just over-specialized. Yeah, well, I mean, that is the trick of uh, someone who's good with cards, a magician who's good with cards. They've just spent thousands of hours working with the cards so they can do stuff. They yeah. In a more skilled way, and yeah. I think that's the same thing with writing. Yeah, that's a, that's one of my favorite questions as an actor is uh, it's one thing that uh, people who don't see a lot of plays will ask is uh, how do you memorize all those lines like they think there's a trick yeah, yeah. you know like there's some secret that oh, we all know system. that like it's like no you just read it a lot yeah, until you know say it. them over it's... and over again <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. I mean, if you've ever been in a show, you've been asked, how do you memorize all those lines? <laughs> and there is no yeah. magic. But it's it, long and slow and boring. You just <laughs> you just don't want to think it's that long and slow and boring. <laughs> it, but also, it gets faster the more you do it. Like, that's yeah. the other yeah. thing. Like, it, you just get better at it. But... No, you led with a conjunction. You have to... No, have to but I, I'm saying, but the, the whole idea of not wanting to really break down process, because I think you're totally right... Yeah. I mean, there's, that is definitely, that especially is a comedy problem of, yeah. <laughs> if we take this joke apart, it loses its power. If I'm too aware of what I'm doing, it loses yeah. its power. And I am asking those questions. Like, <laughs> well, well, that's the thing, because, I mean, there's all those questions of, like, why do people laugh? Why do we tell jokes? And we all have the reflexive, defensive responses to that. Mm-hmm. But, the, I mean, those are actually really good questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are... We I, uh, and there are answers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not to all of it. Some of it is a gray area. I mean, we just don't know the brain still well enough to figure out. Brains are just really complicated. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I like that as a dismissive <laughs> brain stuff. I'm not a brain scientist, uh, but I. But there, are, I, I do. Do you do you mostly sort of avoid? Do you do that when you are consuming something? Like, do you think about what's happening? Because you've made enough oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think we all tend towards the analytical when we're watching other... I mean, it's like you. Like, you read a lot of magic and you watch a magic show and you deconstruct the trick. I mean, And, you know, we're both comedy writers. We'd listen to a comedian or watch a comedy show. If it's good, we're laughing, but there's always some process in our brain. Or at least jealousy. <laughs> I know. It's like... 
Fuck bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I've, I've made that comment too that I find, uh, I often find really bad work more inspiring uh-huh. than really good work. Because <laughs> really good work makes me think, ah, oh, I'll never what? be that good. One of, my, <laughs> one of my best creative writing teacher experiences ever had was a guy saying, uh, you should read shitty writers when you're writing. Because <laughs> then you'd be like, well, I can do that. You know, like. I can beat that guy. Well, and, and it's that you can you can clearly see the effect that they're going for, mm-hmm. and you can do the oh, I see what he's trying to do. Well, if he just did this, this, and this, and then all the lights start going off, and right. then you get ideas, and then, and then you're then like, you can oh, write. I can do this, this, and this, <laughs> right? And then you got to sit down and do it, and then you're like, God, that guy stuck with his crappy idea, and I can't even <laughs> stick with this good idea. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, does that does that change your enjoyment of things? Like, that analytical piece? Because I know for me, like, initially it became a thing with, I mean, we'll, I'll stick with the magic example. Initially it was like, oh, now the tricks don't work, but now I can appreciate the hard work behind it, and it's a whole different experience. You know, that, that's actually been a funny thing for me as a theater culture critic, because uh, I write Yeah, you, know, you, you stuff review things, things, too. And I just remember my first couple years, I was so starry-eyed with everything, because I was like... You know, oh, I'm seeing these terrible shows, but this is all so exciting and new and interesting. Mm. And look at what everyone's doing, and I have all these ideas about it. And then, you know, ten years on, I, I'm, I, I still endeavor as much as I can to be fair and thoughtful and all those things. But there, there is a part of my brain that's like, in the first five minutes of most shows, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I've seen it a thousand times before. It's so hard for me to generate interest. Yeah. And I think that's why so many critics... I mean, people criticize critics for liking um, the really sort of weird stuff for the highbrow. But I think so much of that is just, oh, novelty. You want to be surprised. <laughs> Something's yeah. new. Yeah. I haven't seen this before. Well, and that's why I don't want... <laughs> I don't really want an audience of my peers. Right. <laughs> I, You know, I, I've had friends who are like, Hey, you haven't been to my show, or <laughs> sorry to make it to your show, and like I don't want to make work for other comedy no. writers. By the way, sorry I didn't make it to your show. Please don't go. <laughs> I don't need a room full of people all going like I bet this is what's coming. You know, like, even if later they're like, "Good job," I could tell all the things. You know, like that's not because we've all gotten really good at entertaining other jaded artists. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, and that's the other thing is like, do you really want to work that muscle? Sure, I can make comedy that speaks to someone who makes comedy. Yeah. But man, it's gonna leave out most people. Yeah. And that I can that entertains me. Yeah, to a that's degree. my entire career. So. <laughs> You've made a huge mistake. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> so we've already been talking for a while. Um, believe it or not, a couple. Where, so one thing I want to know is where can people get your book? Uh, uh, Amazon. Right. They can yeah. just go to Indecision Now if they Google. Yeah, they Indecision Google Now, Libertarian Rage, or on uh, on my. Uh, Is it on Maximum Verbosity? Yeah, my website maximumverbosityonline.org. Oh. Nice, nice and long. You want yeah. those long web addresses? Well, Maximum Verbosity was taken. So. Of course it was. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you couldn't short it in the most words. <laughs> <laughs> I like, no, I like that it is what it is. Like it's, the name is also long. No, I got that. I got that back in, uh, it must have been 2005, I think. The, mm, the, the online. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. And it was already snatched up by someone. That... Weird. And what's on there? Well, and it's the... I mean, I, we can all go look for ourselves. <laughs> no, I mean, the website, it's an umbrella. At this point, 
It used to be for the company back when Maximum Verbosity was an ensemble troupe. Right. And now it's just an umbrella for pretty much everything I'm doing at any given moment. But what's on MaximumVerbosity.org without the online? Oh, God. What's your competition? I haven't even looked. (laughs) It's probably porn. It's almost Japanese porn. porn, Yes. That's mostly... Verbose Japanese porn. (laughs) (laughs) It's more words. You you often think of it when watching... Japanese it's form. people reciting Beowulf while having sex. That uh... so is <laughs> maximumverbosityonline.org the best place to find out when you have stuff coming up? I mean, yes. I know you yeah, yeah, rock star storyteller shows. Yeah. You're almost always involved when in one of those. It seems oh, yeah. like you're in most of the shows. <laughs> um, I, I endeavor to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're one of you. Why, why, Levi? I, think I called you, you the you, Godfather you, of <laughs> Levi. You almost talk like you're a member. Uh, <laughs> like... <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Sorry, I know you're supposed yeah, to be the, the neutral interviewer no, with no neutral. background. I'm heavily biased. <laughs> <laughs> I make no So so who do you hate? Illusions. Doesn't have to be someone personal. Let's make it a broad in the pop rock cultural storytelling. No, no, I mean I mean in comedy, in even in no. a broad pop cultural sense. What do you really dislike? I've really moved away from I've gotten better at acknowledging subjectivity. Yeah. In, in, especially in comedy. Yeah, but I'm asking you a subjective question. My primary <laughs> example for a long time was I really don't like the show Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. No, we had a conversation I, about this. Oh, really? Do, yeah. yeah so. You, me, and Ben. We had oh, an sure. Because I'm, I'm one of its its few remaining shrinking defenders. <laughs> and I've given up. I don't want people to not like it. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's not, I don't like the humor. Like, right, I right, think right. it's lazy and I don't think it actually is telling Oh, it's definitely stories. lazy. You're, yeah, you're yeah, completely yeah. correct. And, your, and you know. So to me, it's a, it's like if The Simpsons didn't write stories no. and just did cutaways. No. And I'm not looking for that. No. So like that's my like, <laughs> but I don't have any like individual. I don't really hate any. I don't know. Other no. than myself, I don't hate a lot. <laughs> Who has the time to look do you, outside do you, of myself? Do you, do you do you ever watch yourself recordings uh, or just in a mirror all the time? <laughs> Well, because I make podcasts, I yeah. listen to myself constantly yeah. when I'm editing them. That must be fun. <laughs> I've gotten used to it. It's rough. It's not great. I and I, you know, we'll tape the show and like we and doing comic suitcase. We've been doing these remounts, yeah. so I have video of that stuff. I don't love watching that, yeah. but I haven't really recorded anything I've done solo, right. video wise. I don't yeah. think I'd like it. I'm about to do a talk this week that's going to be recorded, so we'll yeah. see if I watch. <laughs> no, I I always try to record. Yeah, just because I know, like, in twenty years, I'd rather have it than not have it. You know, that's that process in my mind. The like, I mean, I I may want to destroy it, but I want to have the option to destroy it. (laughs) Because I knew that weird thing where, um, because what I do, I make recordings. I watch it as soon as I get it, and then I watch it one year later. Because the because I watch it as soon as I get it, and then it's always painful. It's just horrible to sit there. Because then because it's like, um, you know, when you're working on something. All you see is a forest of small problems. Mm-hmm. The, you're just looking at the little things you're trying to fix. Yeah. It's very hard to step out and look at the whole thing. A year later, I've forgotten a lot of it, and I'm surprised that I can actually enjoy large mm-hmm. sections of it. I've had that with this reviewing some of our old shows to work on yeah. them, where we've had discovery that wasn't in the script. Yeah. I love watching that yeah. and sort of taking note of like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. We, you know, because we often our recordings are like. The fifth or sixth performance, too, so we've yeah. had time to play a little bit. Remember back when I was talented? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's definitely there. No, I weirdly, I you know, I can see the confidence shifts if I watch mm. something from five years ago. Like, yeah. I'm much more assured like, mm. just when I first get on stage now than I was then. 
Yeah. Whether or not the material's ready, like, I know I'll be fine. I think yeah. that's the biggest difference. Yeah. But that's, so then are you informed by that, watching, like... I I feel like it's 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 never pleasurable. I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like I should do. It's that analytical part of yeah. me. I want to look at it and decide. Okay, okay what am I doing that's working and not working? And the and I mean, there's the danger of that becoming a really destructive rabbit hole too, mm. <laughs> instead of a useful. No, that's interesting. But I feel, I feel like I, sh- I I feel obligated to do it. Yeah. I feel like I should watch what I did and like a dog you know? shit on the rug. <laughs> I know. Look what you did. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. But then, and maybe then, you'll learn. And then there's that game you play. I've, I've had this thing with my with my wife now. Every time I'm working on a new project where I have to walk up to her, I say, I need you to tell me it was always this hard. Because hmm. you play that game and it's like, oh, this isn't working. I can't write anymore. I used to be able to write. Hmm. What happened to me? And it's like, no, I felt this way five years ago. I felt this way ten years ago. I always hate I always hate it while I'm doing it. My, this isn't new. I didn't a, lose it. That is the job of a, a partner, a spouse. Because my wife is yeah. consistently like, this is always how you are. And this part of where, she, you know, like, yeah. week before a show thing of, like... Yeah. My shift has been, as I produce more... My stress has changed from content to marketing audience no. about like now what, I'm what furious a, about all that stuff. And, <laughs> but what a thankless job for them. Yeah, right? yeah. You know what you should do? This is a, this is an idea. I'm saying it on your podcast. Good, good. <laughs> you 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 should do um you should go to all your past guests and do like a panel interview with all the partners. Oh, that's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> I like of that like a lot. how do you deal with you know what? Being They're not in most of those relationships. <laughs> What a surprise. If I know, I don't know if that's true. I'm just guessing. If I know comics, uh, it can be hard on a partner. No, that's really interesting. That's that a whole up. show, I think. That is a whole like, show. You yeah. should get a couple of people to, yeah. like, yeah. I love that idea. I'm totally going to do that. Yeah. I think that would be a really interesting live show, It too, really would have be. A discussion yeah, yeah. With... Make it a live recording. Do yeah. it at the BLB. They'll produce anything. Wait. Wait. <laughs> That's a slam. <laughs> On both of us. It really is. <laughs> and you're right. <laughs> Except they hate home runs. If yeah. it's a predictable sellout, they're like, nah, I don't think we want that here. Well, let's be honest. They're not making their money off ticket sales. <laughs> so, I, I hope that wasn't their plan. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we should wrap this is? up. Um, <laughs> what are your parting words? Uh, parting words. Uh, can I plug my book? Is no. that the? Yeah, that's that's the lesson. Uh, <laughs> a good comedian is always self-promoting. Yeah, so always like, be promoting. Yes, my book is Indecision Now: A Libertarian Rage, available off Amazon.com or MaximumVerbosityOnline.org. Thanks, Philip. Uh, those are the those are the great lessons you've acquired from this. Is to magic. Give me money. So, oh. <laughs> Give me money. That should be your tagline. Uh, Thank you for listening to What's So Funny, a product of mnartists.org. For more information, go to mnartists.org. Thanks.